Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Let Me Just Say This, the podcast. This episode is very, very special to me. So if you are listening, I decided to record a video version of this episode for you guys to view on YouTube if you would like. Today, we're talking about my breakup and it's been a struggle trying to find the words to express what it was like going through that what it's still like sometimes and i have some notes on the stages of grief because i would like to talk about that specifically for those people who are maybe going through it and can relate like my greatest hope is that this episode is helpful for somebody who is going through a breakup or has had some relationship trauma similar to mine because i'm still figuring it out and I think this may resonate with someone. It's been difficult trying to compile my thoughts, so I wrote some things down about the stages of grief, and those are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And there's no set order for these stages. They can happen at the same time, they can happen in different waves, they can happen reoccurring, they could cycle basically and I think I have gone through some of that cycling so I just want to talk about that with you guys so before we get into the stages of grief I just want to talk about the backstory of my relationship I met my ex-boyfriend when I was 19 years old he was 18 it was our first time out in the world as adults or so we thought And we found each other through a mutual friend. We hit it off. We were each other's first for a lot of things. And he and I began a relationship. Now, I'm a major commitment phobe. So I wouldn't have just got into it, especially it was long distance. So I wouldn't have just done it to do it. I didn't believe in just dating for three months or experiencing people like I'm learning now. I needed something to bank on some type of security and he showed me this level of like chivalry and romance and just love that I had never experienced before and he told me that he wanted to be with me forever so from that point on I felt like we were dating with intention and I think early on it was very mutual Early on, I think that he had intentions to date me for marriage, and I had intentions to date him for marriage. However, I think that shifted later on down the line as we got older. He and I were together through a a lot of changes in our lives, and we grew up together. And I think that because of that, we didn't allow ourselves to explore on our own. Not just like dating other people, but getting to know ourselves. And I especially was very invested. And I really fed into a lot of the things that he was telling me. That he wanted to be together forever. That he wanted us to have a family together. That he wanted to get married. And I believed him. I never doubted anything that man said. And I loved him down. Like when I say I love him down, like I would have given him the shirt off my back. Hell, I basically did. (laughs) I was a big giver in my relationship and in hindsight 
I wasn't receiving much. I was settling. A lot of people don't know that, but I was settling. And I wasn't always happy, but I always thought if I love him the right way now, like how he needs to be loved now, then he'll love me the right way later. And I wish I wouldn't have thought that way. I wish I would have listened to my intuition because I would have left way sooner, to be honest. Because we weren't in a healthy relationship. We were in a relationship that was fueled by potential. I was in love with the potential of us and him. And I waited so long. I felt like I was waiting And I remember people telling me, even his mother telling me, I have to do what's best for me. Listen to these people's family when they tell you this shit. If a man's mama's telling you, you you could do better, you could probably do better, baby. You can probably do better. If he himself is telling you that you deserve better, listen, because you do. (laughs) But I was so naive and in love that I was like, no, he can do better for me. And I was a writer. When I say I was, I would go the distance for that man, I would have gone the distance. Even after the breakup, I would have gone the distance. And I sacrificed a lot. And not to say that he didn't, but I sacrificed a lot for us. And in the end, I don't think it was very fruitful. And that's not to say that I regret everything, but that's just to say that I learned some lessons in that relationship. And the ending of that relationship has really formed who I am now. So when he and I broke up, it was on the basis of he needed to work on himself. I deserve better. And he had a lot of things going on, like feeling depressed or you know, mental health things that I try, I thought I could help him through and a lot of trauma that he just held on to and never told me about that towards the end of our relationship kind of came to a head or so I thought. But I didn't actually find out the real reason behind the breakup until six months later. So the story goes... (laughs) I sent him an email on a drunken night because I was sad and lonely and it said, I miss you, take care. And I didn't miss him in the sense of I wanted to be with him because I thought I was moving on and I was seeing another guy and I felt bad about sending the email. So I didn't expect to hear back and I didn't really care. I was like, if he never replies, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? Because I shouldn't have sensed it in the first place, right? But a couple days later, he responds and he tells me, hey, the girl that I'm seeing now saw the email and she may reach out to you. So I'm sorry for any problems that may arise, but thank you for checking up on me. And me, so apologetic because I regret sending the email and on top of that, I'm like, damn, he's trying to move on. Look at me infringing, right? I say, I'm so sorry, it was an accident, I was drunk, 
and mean it. I wish you both the best. He replies. <laughs> and mind you, this is all happening through email, right? Because he and I's breakup was messy enough. It wasn't am- amicable. It wasn't friendly. Like, we broke up and we couldn't fuck with each other. So, we were both blocked on everything. The only way we could talk was email. Now, that's some toxic shit. If you in a situation where only the only way y'all can communicate is through email... You need to re- reevaluate that shit. Why are you talking through email? But I digress. The point is, he sends me back an email and it's this long paragraph. And it's him detailing how he had been cheating on me. For six months. The last six months of our relationship. Those last six months that we were on a downward spiral and I didn't know why. I did not know why our relationship was failing. Because when it started, it was a blindside. He blindsided me. I thought everything was fine. Like, we went to look at rings. I thought things were good. And then out of the blue, shit just goes left. So now he's saying, those last six months, I was actually in a relationship with someone else at the same time. (laughs) And I was in shock. When I tell you guys I was in shock for the first 24 hours, he sent me a follow-up email clarifying some things. And I emailed back and I just wanted to know, was he physically intimate with this woman while we were together? And he said yes. And after that, I wasn't even going to email back. Like, I was like, okay, I couldn't process it at the time. It was like early in the morning. It was like 2 a.m. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just go to sleep. And then she emails me and she tells me her side We speak on the phone. She puts me on speaker and I let loose on his ass. Then I speak to his mother and then I gave myself a weekend to feel bad. I gave myself the weekend. All that shit happened on a Friday. It was like by Monday, I need to be getting over this shit. And I think the blessing in that It's horrible to find out regardless, but the blessing is, had I found that out in January when we really broke up, like initially, I think it would have broken me. I think it would have broken me because at the time I was so full of sorrow at this like feeling of unrequited love that if I had found out he'd done that, I don't think I would have been able to do as much of the shit that I had been doing. I had to function. I couldn't stop, right? Because adult life doesn't stop when you're sad or depressed or upset or angry. You still have to go to work. You still have to accomplish these goals. So I was still moving through all of that. So I'm thankful that it happened when it did. But with that, I didn't really get closure until six months later. And I got what I needed. I said what I needed to say. And I feel like it helped me move on. But that's not to say there aren't times that I'm still sad about it or I'm still upset. I was just mad at that nigga yesterday. Like, because <laughs> I'm thinking about everything and it just, it's hard not to think about it. But that is really a quick overview of us and what happened and how we ended, why we ended. So... The first stage of grief that I felt like I encountered was anger. I was mad. 
I was so mad because I felt like I gave you all of this. Four years of my life I gave you. Poured into you. Built you up. Women always say we build up our man for the next woman. That's how I felt. Like I I poured in into you. And I was there. And this is how it ends. Mind you, I was feeling this anger before I even knew about the cheating. This was in January. These stages I'm going to talk about were in January. I didn't find out about the cheating until June. I was upset. I was enraged. And I was resentful. Because I just felt like I did all of that and for what? It was such a waste of time. And it's easier to be angry than to be sad. It's easier to be angry than to sit in sorrow. So my first response was anger. Telling my friends how upset I was and calling him out his name and all this other shit. But when I was alone and I had to sit by myself in my own thoughts, then came the depression. Then came the denial. And I, when I say I was depressed... I was depressed. My body was rejecting him. Even when we were together, I was depressed. During those last six months, I was sad and lonely and depressed. And I didn't even know why. And my intuition was telling me that people's energy matters. Especially the person you're intimate with and the person that you share the most with. Their energy rubs off on you. It affects you a lot. And I didn't understand why I was in the space I was in, why my skin was breaking out, why I was borderline hypertensive. Like literally, (laughs) I was going through all of these stressors because of he and I's relationship during those last six months. And essentially, it led me to this path of just sadness. I was just sad. And when it ended, I was even, I was devastated. It rocked my world. It shattered my earth because I had banked everything on us. That is probably the biggest lesson that the breakup taught me is that don't ever put your eggs, all your eggs, at least in one basket. Bank on yourself. You should be your safety net. No man or woman can be your safety net. And you really can only trust someone 99%. So you can't just say, well, this is going to work out. This is going to be forever. This is how it has to be. Because when you do that and things don't work out, then it, it breaks everything down. So I didn't understand how to move forward because my future that I had planned for myself wasn't for me. It was for us. I wrapped myself and my mind and my thoughts about what I wanted in life around us and our family. And when all of that went away, I was lost in the sauce. That's why I'm on this journey now. Trying to figure out what I want. Because everything that I thought I wanted fell. So it was very painful. I held on to a lot of resentment. I felt like, how could you do this to me? Knowing how much I love you. Knowing how much I've given. Knowing what we've done to build to this point. And you mean to tell me we breaking up because you don't, you feel like I deserve better? It didn't make sense. Now I see why, of course, but at the time, that's just how I felt. The denial portion, 
I think denial and depression, like I said, I was going through at the same time. It was like denial and depression. And I would be so sad and I would think about the past. And I guess that's bargaining. So really denial, depression, and bargaining were all together for me. When I was really down, I blamed myself. I thought that maybe one day when he gets it together, we can fix it. I still wanted us to be. I didn't want us to be apart. I didn't want to break up. I wanted us to work. And so I think even in the end, when all the signs are pointing to this has run its course, I held on. And I really couldn't let go until June because I still blamed myself for my relationship not working out. I thought, well, maybe if I had done this or maybe if I was more emotionally available or maybe if I wasn't gone so much or if I would have given more. Like I thought all these things that could have saved my relationship when in reality, none of that would have helped me because he chose what he chose. And even after finding out, I think it was like a comparison that that falls under bargaining, comparing myself to the girl, thinking, well, I wasn't there for him, so she was. And that's why he did it. But the thing about when, especially when someone cheats on you, it's not about you. My good friend Andrea told me, she said it wasn't your fault. There was nothing you could have done. That is someone else's action. When somebody does that, of course, there are times that there may have been contributing factors, right? Like maybe in a relationship you weren't as intimate or you didn't spend enough time together or you didn't show each other enough attention. But when a person makes a decision to betray your trust and lie to you like that, there is nothing that you could have done to deserve it. We have to remember that when people do bad things to us, a lot of the times it's not our fault, especially cheating or manipulation or lying. Nobody does anything to deserve that. Because just like he may have felt lonely or whatever, so did I. And I never cheated. I had an opportunity. (laughs) I say that all the time. Like, I should have cheated. I should have cheated. I'm not a cheater. I'm not a liar. I don't like deceiving people I don't do that so I couldn't cheat on him because I loved him and that's the point when somebody loves you and they care about you really and truly they're not gonna do something like that to hurt you so if they are and they're saying it's because x y and z if it were me I wouldn't take any of that shit (laughs) to get back on track During the denial, bargaining, and depression mashup, I felt a lot of numbness. I felt a lot of, like I was just waiting through life for the time. And that's when I started dating. And I started dating way too early because I was trying to replace what I thought I had. I remember I went on a date once and I came back home and I sat on the couch And I cried and cried and cried because I thought to myself, I'm never going to find anything like what he and I had. But I thought I was ready to date. 
wasn't, not even a little bit. So I was keeping busy, distracting myself, trying to fill a void. I think what it all boils down to is that I was cycling through these stages. And I was never allowing myself to really sit in it. And really feel it the way I should have. And you can't rush this. You can't rush grief. The death of a relationship is as painful as a death of a loved one. It's just as painful. It's just as hard. And you cannot rush through it. You have to go through the motions until you reach the acceptance stage. And a lot of times we think that closure will just bring that acceptance. And closure doesn't necessarily do that. I didn't get closure till months later. And I don't even feel like I'm fully in acceptance. I think I accept the fact that we are over and I never want to see him again. But I'm still angry. It's changed my perspective on things. It has prevented me from loving someone. And I think full acceptance is the ability to move on and love again with open heart and open arms. And that's where I want to be at some point. But I have to go through the motions. I have to go through the process. This episode is a part of the process. Talking about this is a part of the process and it is hard. It's hard. Being vulnerable like this, it's therapeutic because I know I'll never be able to face him. We don't live in the same city. Like I never have to see that man again in my life. And for a lot of people, that's a blessing. For me, it's a blessing, but it's something that I resent a little bit because I want to, I want to show down. <laughs> I want to look this man in his eye, <laughs> but I can't, right? So I have to find other ways to deal with it. I would just like to say that everybody processes things in their own way. This Episode is not to tell anyone that this is going to be easy. It's actually hard as fuck. And it sucks. It sucks. Going through a breakup, grieving, and trying to move on is so hard. But it's yours. And it's all you can do. My regrets during that time that I was really down is that I didn't lean more on my tribe. I didn't lean more on my family. I was handling things by myself because I'm afraid of vulnerability because I don't like to cry in front of people. So I cried alone. I hugged myself. I tried to pick myself back up and I think in a basis it is a fundamental skill to be able to do that. However, You have all these people around you. Talk to them. You're not the only one who's gone through a heartbreak like that. Clearly. So talk to them. 
get some perspective and some support and love. Because trying to go through things alone, it makes the difficult tasks harder. I wish I would have confided more in my friends. I don't think it was ever really portrayed how much that breakup hurt me. So maybe now, I mean, even even now, <laughs> like, life is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy now. But I think at the time, I, I really faked the funk a little bit because, I, like I said, I felt like I had to function, had to go to work and put on a smile. But even though deep down inside, I'm hurting. So when you can, let someone in. Let someone in. And allow yourself that space to be vulnerable and honest because it's helpful. I just want to end this episode with some words of encouragement. Because I feel like everything that I talked about was my experience and I hope that was relatable. But if you really want to know what you can do or what may help, understand that Everybody in your life has a season. There's a bigger plan. And you may not see it now. But there's a bigger plan. There are bigger things for you. And even though breakups might lead to you getting back with that person at a later point in time, the point about it is right now isn't the time. Or something needed to shift which caused this moment in your life. Take time to feel the pain. Sit in it. Let yourself feel it. Because you deserve to feel your feelings. Don't feel bad. Feel it. Because if you try to fill the void, instead of feel the emotions, you're going to end up in a very confusing space. And you might not be able to love the way that you need to love when love presents itself to you again. The last piece of advice I have is, and this is cliche, (laughs) but love on yourself. Love on yourself. People do this in different ways. Get out of a relationship and start hitting the gym hella heavy. Like, get a relationship and start pursuing their passion. This is a sign. If those are things you're going to do, maybe it's a part of keeping busy. But if you're going to keep busy, you might as well keep busy in a way that is productive and beneficial to yourself. So love on yourself. Give yourself the extra push that you need to do something that you've been wanting to do, but you didn't because you were in that relationship or or. Love on yourself so that you can break the bad, toxic habits that you formed in that relationship and get to know yourself. That's where I am now. Getting to know myself. I know this episode may have been a little bit all all over the place. (laughs) But I hope someone was able to relate. I'm just proof that 
you can get over the hump. It hurts so much now, but you'll be okay. And I know, when I was watching the videos, I hated when they said that, you're gonna be okay. Let me just say this. Breakups are hard, but you will be okay. And you will be stronger. You don't think that you will, but you will. So, this one's for you. You'll be okay. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you want to stay up to date, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at let me just say this underscore pod. That is let me just say this underscore pod.